I hit the ground running when I'm invading your country It's still with honor and discipline Throw my guns like Onyx Dressed in camo with What's up guys, Sergeant G here from the Stone Vet USMC Super excited to be back with you guys, man. Like I tell you guys, I took a break. It's been a while, man. I know I know you guys have been missing me. I, I get it. I've been hearing you guys. But I'm back again with you guys this Friday, able to bring back amazing guests for you guys to feel more comfortable in understanding why Sergeant G is so adamant about federal legalization of cannabis, man. I'm super excited to be back, man. It's like I tell you guys. You guys, if you guys are on YouTube, you guys can see these beautiful awards that I have here with me, right? Why do I have them? It's because of you guys that are listening in on a regular basis, supporting me, supporting Sartan G coming out here on a weekly basis to provide you guys with some educational, some educational material in regards to using CBD and cannabis on a, you know, using it and incorporating it into your daily lifestyle, man. But it's because of you that I'm able to have these amazing awards, right? Veteran Podcast Awards is upon us again. Voting will open up this Monday, August 8th, all the way to September 14th. I was checking out my competition. That's a lot of Marine Corps competitions, right? If you guys are watching on YouTube, you guys see that award. Winner, right? Winner, top Marine Corps podcast of 2021. That's this gold war hammer right here, right? And then down there, that Chronic Palooza Award. I just won that this year. That's my 2022 award. i like to bring back more awards for 2022, right? There's more categories than just the Top Marine Corps podcast. But if I'm able to bring in the Top Marine Corps podcast, I'd be happy with that. But there, are, like I said, there are multiple categories, and I like to bring in multiple awards for multiple categories, right? But I can't do that unless you guys are getting out there and you guys are voting for me, man. I'm super excited to be here with you guys today, man. I want to give a huge shout out to my sponsor, Rafa 180. Like you guys know, every freaking episode, Rafa 180 provides you the best medicinal grade, THC free CBD on the market, dude. Hands down, coming from the only FDA regulated lab here in the Midwest. I love their products, man. You guys know me. I've been drug testing for the past two years, right? November's coming up real quick, and I'm going to be done drug testing for the federal government. But I've been taking this product on a daily basis, man. And guess what? I haven't popped once yet. And I take this stuff every day. A lot of people ask me, well, what kind of drug test? Is it like one of the over-the-counter drug tests or is it actually getting sent in? My drug tests are getting sent in and the state of Oklahoma is testing it. I haven't popped yet and I take these products. I take my Active Duty RX, I take my Sapphire, and I take my 1,000 milligram CBD oil every day, dude. And it, and I haven't popped. And it's like I tell you guys, I have, they have the lab testing to show you everything that's inside the product, which is amazing, right? Every product should have lab testing for it. If you're not sure, ask for the lab testing. Find out what's inside your product before you consume it, man. That's why I love what Rafa 180 is doing with their with their with their whole website and helping people on a regular basis. They have the contact information down at the bottom of the page, man. Reach out to them. That's their personal cell phone number, dude. They don't have a freaking customer service. That's their personal cell phone number. They'll help you. Why? Because it's hard when it when it's come. There's a lot of different CBD out there, different milligrams, different products, and it's like, which one do I use? What do I start with? How do I get started in this? How do I do it? It's hard. It's confusing, especially if you don't know if you haven't educated yourself, man. That's one of the biggest things we advocate for is educate before you medicate. And that's one of the biggest things we do, man. So go check out Rafa180.com. That's Romeo Alpha Papa Hotel Alpha180.com. And when you check out with the Stone Vet USMC. Get 15% off your entire purchase, dude. That's great, you know? And then you get free priority shipping. You spend, I think, 75 or 95 I got to go find out. I can't remember what they said. Get free priority shipping to your front door, dude. So you get it within, like, two days. That's like Amazon freaking shipping, dude. That's freaking amazing, man. Plus, guess what? You get some of this awesome swag, dude. 
They got a tab over there, the Stone Vet. It says the Stone Vet on the on the website. You can get some of this cool art, right? Local artists here in Oklahoma. Modi Art. She made these shirts for me. I got shirts. I got tank tops because women kept asking me for tank tops, but none of y'all are going over there to buy them. I don't know why I made them if you ain't buying them. Got tank tops. I got cups, right? It's hot outside. These are them thermo cups, man. This thing will keep ice for freaking like 15, 20 hours, dude. Keeps your drinks nice and cold, man. I love it. If you like coffee, if you like hot coffee, this thing will keep your coffee hot for hours, dude. It's an amazing cup what Ginger and David are doing over at Really Designs, dude. They've been helping me out, trying to get everything going. So go check out Rafa180.com to get all your medicinal grade CBD needs, man. I'm super excited to be here with you guys today, man. I am bringing on another advocate of this amazing plant. I'm bringing on Tony. He is the founder of Louisiana. What is it? Louisiana veterans for medical cannabis right yeah, louisiana veterans for medical cannabis i knew i was gonna mess that up i always mess this <laughs> stuff up but i'm bringing on the founder this guy started a facebook group because he's a veteran who's fighting for medical cannabis what's going on tony how you doing today oh i'm doing great sergeant g thank you for having me on it's an honor to be here with you and and um seeing that hopefully them awards keep coming in absolutely brother no absolutely i'm super excited to have you here with me man like i like i tell people i like to bring on brothers who can relate right because we all being a veteran dude we struggle with a with 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 with, with a lot of different things right on a daily basis you 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 older so you old school military you you won't you tell people a little bit about your time on service yeah uh, sure I, I joined a little later than most most people joined right out of high school uh, I, I worked for my father at a, at a service station down in Louisiana, and uh, at 26, I was married with a six-year-old son, and I, I just, you know, it's like everybody else, when you join the military, you want something different or some training, some education. Right. So I went in, uh, joined at, in the uh, advanced electronic field for, for the Navy, working on um, weapons systems, the radar and, and navigation systems for weapons uh it, the ratings called fire controlman i always explain it first because they think i was a firefighter <laughs> <laughs> but no we uh we worked i worked on a little gatling gun that uh called it's called sea whiz close in weapon system and it shoot uh a thousand rounds a minute uh so every second there's like 60 rounds that would go off and at, at one mile we'd go through 17 inches of solid steel it was a, a depleted uranium round a very small projectile but it had such a, a big payload behind it gunpowder behind it, it it go fast wow so, it'd shoot missiles when they come at the ship the last ram of defense was that that little system it would track the missile uh, it had a search radar and a track radar and it, oh, it wow. uh, lock on to the missile and shoot it down hopefully before it hit the ship <laughs> right 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 wow says yeah that that ain't a firefighter man <laughs> yeah no <laughs> nothing like a firefighter <laughs> no absolutely so how long how long, when, when were you in service i joined in 88 got out in 94 it was a six-year program uh that you know you had to go through about a year and a half of basic electronics and advanced electronics and then the weapons system school itself so uh, it was about a year and a half before I finally hit the ship, but I spent um, most part of my time, it's funny that the military send you wherever they need you. I was stationed to uh, the USS California. It was a nuclear 
uh, cruiser. It took the place of the USS California battleship, uh, and and uh, the the ship needed an overhaul. It needed you know these ships. It was a uh, twenty year old reactors and everything, and they needed refueling. <laughs> No, so we, it we, wasn't old. What are you talking about? <laughs> we, we, yeah, it wasn't that old, but it, it had to be tore apart, opened up to, to get to the new reactors and new weapon system. All this stuff, it got refitted with everything. So I spent most of my time up in uh, Bremerton, Washington in, in the shipyards while the ship was getting rebuilt. Right, right at the beginning of the Gulf War. Um, okay. And I got out and, you know, my time was up in 94. And... Um, you know, I'd spent three years uh, without returning home, and, and I just wanted to get back to my family and my, my roots and came back to uh, to Louisiana and start a family here. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. I mean, that's what a lot of us do. A lot of us usually end up turning back home, right? Like, I mean, there's a lot of vet veterans that, that don't. They just stay where they're at, right? A lot of people stay where they're at for whatever reason because they're, they're, they've already been making a living there, you know, doing what they do. You know, like myself, I got out. I got out because when I got out in '09, I came back to Oklahoma. Why? Because I I love the freedom that I got here in Oklahoma. You know, and so I came back myself. And so I mean, understanding that that's what a lot of people are like, right? I'm I'm gonna go back home or whatever, you know. And a lot of times it's it's a struggle, right? When you get out of after serving, like you did six years, and after serving, it's like you come back and you're like, you're still doing the same thing you did when I joined six years ago. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're talking to the same people, you're like. How are you still doing the same daggum thing that you were doing six years ago when I left? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Uh, when you, it seemed like when when I was in the military and I couldn't do what I, you know, what my heart's desire was, go out and do. I was, you know, committed to to serving my my uh, time. So, but you know, when you get out, it's like the world's at your fingertips. You can do just things that you weren't capable of doing before you joined the military and went to boot camp. So, uh, yeah, I could see where, you know, you see people when you get back home and, and you, you like, no, I, I'm going to do something different than when, before I went in, you know, but. Right. No, absolutely, brother. That's, that, you know, and that's one of the biggest struggles, you know what I'm saying? Like, like everybody that does time, you know, like, like, like you, you were working on, you working on missiles and stuff. It's like, you get out of service, you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? I can't work on missiles now, right? Like, you're like, what, right. can, what is it that I can do? What, what job can I do, right? And it's uh, and a lot of people struggle with that because it's kind of you get down to it and you're like, what do, what is it that I can do now? So, what was it after you got out of doing your six years, your time in service? What is it that you got into after you got out? When I when I before I actually left, I applied to work on computers. You know, it was uh. The fire control computers uh, on the, that system, you know, it taught, they taught me a lot of uh, micro circuit, you know, repair and all kind of stuff, you know, in the military. I, was, I wanted to put that to use and, and go. I, I said, well, I know how to fix the computers. I want to, I want to go to college and learn how to program them. So I was working on, uh, I got a job working on copy machines as a, um, a lead tech service manager for a copy company out of, uh, uh, you know, office equipment company. Mm -hmm. And um, I, after three years, I was going to school at night in, in uh, computer science. And um, after three years working on copy machines, I got out with 10% service connected on my back. I had some incidents while I was active duty. So when I got out, <clears throat> they, you know, applied for uh, benefits and stuff like they teach you to do. And the TAPS, we went through transition assistant program. They said, oh, you need to do all this. So I did. 
and it came fortunate it come you know what I when I got out I worked three years working on copy machines picking them up and all and I ended up having a couple back surgeries so uh, the VA been taking care of me you know with the with my back ever since it they never quit you know it, it helped me get some some things I don't think my uh, children got to go to college because I was you know 100% service connected I had two back surgeries and Oh, and it, it just it left me with chronic pain so the the VA uh, stepped up and they gave me benefits and the kids like I said went to college and they helped me out big they're still helping me so that's great yeah I mean that's that's one of the biggest things right because I mean that's a struggle right when you get out of service is trying to figure out the whole VA system how do I how did the VA work and how this you know what I'm saying it took, it took me a like for me personally it took me 11 years to get my 100% disability after getting out of service right and I said that's why that's why I tell that's why I try to tell our brothers and sisters like you have to stay adamant on it because if not the VA wants you to quit the VA doesn't want to help you they don't want to have to pay you right and you know I, I try to tell my dad that because he's a, he's a retired army uh, master and, and he's like oh no I'm good with what I got I said you know that contract you signed that was part of the contract is that they were required to pay you for the services you provided to them right. Regardless if it if it screwed you up, because a lot of a lot of our guys are struggle real bad with PTSD, right? Like my dad's real bad about it. He went to Afghanistan. He was in Afghanistan when I was in Iraq for my second tour, and he's seen things and he had to do things, and they still haunt him to this day. And it's been freaking fifteen years, and it's still haunting him to this day. You know, and it's one of the things I tell him. I said part of that contract you signed to get to devote your life to this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That was part. That was that, that. That was part of the contract, right? You may not have seen that, but that was part of the contract. Is that they were going to pay you for anything that that you incurred while serving your country, right? And he's, oh no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm like, you, you, you'll you'll figure it out eventually, right? You'll figure it out eventually. But like I tell people, I took, it took me 11 years to get my 100. percent Like I fought and fought and fought and fought, and I had people advocating for me and fighting for me and. I finally got it, and I was like, "Finally, you know." And it's like you said, it's it's a, uh, it helps out so much, right? Because like, I, it, it it's part of the contract we signed, right? We signed a contract saying that we will defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. It's a contract that never expires, right? But we do need to be, we do need to be paid for what we've incurred while serving our country, right? Because a lot of people who uh, who have uh, who've deployed and got had to do things and had to see things that you don't even want to have nightmares about, you know? And you're like, now they got to deal with it for the rest of their life. And that's one of the biggest struggles, right? People always talk about the 22. Everybody in this world knows 22 veterans take their life every day. Everybody knows that. You don't even have to be a veteran and you know that, right? It's everywhere. It's blasted everywhere. Everybody knows 22 veterans take their life every day. But nobody ever talks about the 35 veterans that take their life to opioid addiction every day. So you got 35 people taking their life to opioid addiction. And you got 22 people taking their life to suicide because life's just too hard wife left them girlfriend left them jobs getting too hard they ain't got no money bills are overdue and so forth and so forth right and a lot of people are like man you know it sucks right but i was like dude that's it's a lot of people taking their life every day right you know so that's what 57 veterans are taking their life every single day and it's sad and it sucks right and one of the biggest things, right? What one of the biggest things I know, I bet for you, for what it, one, one of the major reasons to be advocating for cannabis, right? It's because it's a plan. Let's get our brothers off of these freaking opioids, right? 
That's a big struggle. I don't know about you, but I mean, when you got out of service, how, how were you taking? Were you was the doctor prescribing opioids for you when you got out of service? I mean, especially with your back surgeries. I mean, oh gosh, yes, uh, uh, opiates and barbiturates, sleeping meds. I mean, muscle relaxers. You, you name it. I I was, you know, we go to the VA uh, and we see these veterans walking around with a gallon bag of Ziploc pills. Right. I was one of those veterans. I. I they prescribed me all kind of medicine, you know, but it, it was so, uh, the opiates, they, you build a tolerance for one after, if you take, take them in large, high quantities, doses and stuff, which I was, I was in terrible amount of pain and, and I, and the opiates helped me. Thank God I, I didn't, um, you know, get into buying an overdose and, or, or go run out and go out on the street and get some and end up having fentanyl in them, which is what's right. happened a lot of times now. Um, you know, because I was addicted to them. I was terribly addicted to them. I, I would uh, run out and, you know, borrow a couple from my friend or something, right. trying to get through the, the detox period on those opiates. Um, so I've I been through that, and thank goodness, thank goodness I got through it, and I'm still here to do, you know, advocate for cannabis because it's so much safer, you know. No, absolutely, brother. And I mean, people who are listening in on the show and watching the show, that's one of the biggest struggles that they do have, you know, because I'm sure you've seen it since you've been such a huge advocate for cannabis. I'm sure you've seen it on a regular basis of our brothers and sisters who are like, dude, I take like 30 pills a day, man. I have to take 30 pills a day, right? Sleep aids, anxiety, depression, muscle spasms, freaking leg spasms. You name it, dude. Like, they'll tell you. They'll show you, dude. Like you said, they got a Ziploc bag, gallon Ziploc bag. Full of pills. And you're like, what are these for, dude? And you're like, I really don't even know anymore. Honestly, I don't even. The doctor just says take these pills to help with what I'm dealing with. And you're just like, my goodness. Like, you know, my father-in-law came over. He's not a veteran, but he came over and he had a handful of pills. I think he had like six pills in his hand. And he was going through and telling me what they were for. I was like, dude, if you smoked weed, I can get rid of four of those pills. <laughs> like four of those yeah. pills you're taking. If you smoked a blunt a day, I can take rid of get rid of four of those pills that you're taking right now. He's like, really? I said, absolutely, dude. Like you're dealing with high blood pressure. CBD helps with that. You're dealing with anxiety. Cannabis helps with that. You're dealing with depression. Cannabis helps with that. You're dealing with muscle spasms. Cannabis helps with that, dude. You know, and that's one thing I've been I've been starting to do on my Wednesday episodes. I'm actually walking through the terpene profiles, and I'm actually breaking down each week. I'm going to go through and break down each terpene. And my wife, my wife was real. My wife, my wife is a huge. She's she she's very educated in in understanding plant based medicine. She's been studying for about 10, 15 years now, and she's like, when you break down the terpenes tell people how they're already using them like you're already using terpenes just tell people how they're already using it and how the benefit how it's beneficial when you consume it in the cannabis flower and i said okay well I'll, I'll start doing that you know but i mean like tony you you have been you've been in this fight for a while how long you've been in this fight for for fight for legalization we started um i started a group in in 2017 I went to uh, patients out. No, I wasn't patients out of time. That's something I just did. No, it was Americas for Safe Access. Uh, I went to. Uh, um, I got a scholarship to go to one of their lobby days, um, training sem uh, seminars in, in D.C. in in, um, in 18, and uh, we we advocated got chronic pain myself and a couple other vets. Uh, 
worked to get the chronic pain and PTSD added to Louisiana's medical cannabis program in, in the spring of 18, because it, it, it started in 2015, our program, but they came back on in 16, had to change the word prescribed and to recommended. It was just a, <laughs> so painful of a start, you know. Yeah, it's painful to, to go over it, just to listen to all the things that were put into place, basically to make the program not function, you know, like um, other states within three or four years, they have a half million patients, you know, um, Louisiana, we have 40,000 patients right now with uh, being in the program since uh, it's been over, what's seven years now, 15, yeah. So, so I mean, it's just so, so, so much of a struggle. I'm glad to, um, that we made a lot of improvements this year, though, Juan, we've got uh, a reciprocity uh, program for out of state for veterans when or anybody when if you're a medical cannabis patient in another state and you're visiting Louisiana and you happen to have your medical cannabis that you brought with you maybe a vape pen and you get stopped by uh, Louisiana police you won't get a ticket or, or any kind of fine if you're able to show your out-of-state recommendation they, they're not going to um, ticket you for that and then also if you run out of that vape pen you better go to the Louisiana's uh, dispensaries and, and and make a purchase so proud of that but um, that's outstanding i mean that's one of the biggest things that's one of the things i talk about on my wednesday episodes it's like i tell veterans like dude if i come to your state and i can't have my medicine i'm gonna be highly upset like seriously like that's like telling somebody who's on blood pressure medicine you can't take your blood pressure medicine across straight lines you're like why well you just can't take it because it's not prescribed here you know and it that's one of the things i keep telling people right because it's it's hard right like they're there's a lot of people that are like, man, I can't get to my capital, or I can't do this, or I can't do that, right? And it's hard, right? I mean, you, like you say, you say it's an hour. So you're taking an hour out of your day to drive there and then another hour. So it's two hours, it's a two-hour trip for you to go out there and then go home at the end of the day, right? I mean, it's a, it's a drive for you. It takes gas money. It takes time. It takes patience because you're having a, you're sitting down with your local, your local government, and advocating right i've been watching your videos dude you put up these videos like on c-span dude like you're sitting you are sitting at the table with this guy with these people who run your state right yeah yeah it's um <clears throat> it's it, it takes some some getting used to you know at first first times you know, i was kind of intimidated and then I, i'd try and build a big uh packet to give to each one of the committee members up there like you'll have a health and welfare committee with 20 representatives or, or um, 12 senators or whatever and so i would make 20 copies of whatever i, I was going to make plead my case for whatever the bill was and um this this year i i did that for maybe two or three of the initial um bills but we had like 20 cannabis related bills so after the first two or three of them i just go in you know just right off the top of my head whatever whatever i needed to say you know i get it done right and that's one of the biggest things that uh that's one of the things i love about us veterans right we, we speak our minds right we we definitely go up there and we tell them hey this is how we feel this is how we feel about what we're what we're fighting for you know and this is one of the biggest things that a lot of people you know that's one of the biggest struggles that a lot of veterans say they have is that how do i go talk to my representatives how do i talk to my how do I talk to my senator? How do I talk to my House of Representatives? Or how do I talk to, you know, just local jurisdiction where I'm at? And I tell him, I said, dude, these guys are people. They put on their pants just like you do, one leg at a time. 
They put on their socks one foot at a time, dude. They put on their shoes one shoe at a time, dude. Unless they're some crazy dude and they jump in their shoes and they take off, you know. But they're normal just like us, you know. And it's election year now. It's election year. And you being a veteran, dude, you better start knocking on the door. Say, hey, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you, right? Like right now, right? So they just had, like, I'm sure you're aware, they just had the first hearing for the, the new Cannabis Authorization Opportunity Act, right? And I, I'm watching it. It's a two-hour freaking thing, that a two-hour two fiasco that they had going on, dude. And honestly, you know, I, I had a gentleman in my house today, and he was uh, he was fixing the cabinet, my cabinet doors. He's like, what are you, what are you listening to? I said, oh, they, 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 they're talking about the fighting for federal legalization of cannabis. He's like, what is that going to do? I was like, a lot of people are uneducated, right? You know, Tony, there's a lot of people that are uneducated in regards to federal legalization of cannabis, right? Because a lot of people, their job doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't require them to, to you know, you can smoke weed or whatever, you know? But understanding, like, I mean, when you got people out there, like, well, what is that going to do if they federally legalize it? Dude, it's going to open up so many doors for so much other things, like safe banking and, you know, allowing federal employees to be able to consume a plant and you know there's so many other things out there and it's like this is sad because these are the people who are voting right they're uneducated right and this is why we tell people you have to educate before you medicate you have to have an understanding as to why why we believe this plant works right i mean for you you said you were you were on i mean you had back surgery so i can i i I know you were on a bunch of opioids when you when you after you had back surgery, right? Oh yeah, I was on opiates like all the time, and and um, toward the end though, it it, it came to the realization it it would just I'd talk on the phone to my daughter or something at, in the evening, afternoon, you know, like maybe thirty minutes, and then the next day I'd call up or something. Hey, how you been? Well, Daddy, I talked to you last night. And, and so it, I could tell the opiates were just shutting down not only the pain, but my memory and, and a lot of mental stuff. So at that point, you know, I just made a decision, okay, well, I need to try something different. And I started, I found some, um, I got off the opiates and I found some hemp CBD and I started, uh, I was taking uh, ibuprofen or uh, BC powders. I, I had a, two of them in my shirt every morning. I'd get ready to go somewhere. I'd take one, and, and I had two more in my pocket. For every four hours, I'd eat aspirin. And <clears throat> after a while, I started taking a hemp CBD, and I noticed the the packets of aspirin was going through the washing machine. I quit taking them. <laughs> you know, I was like, wait, something's going on here. And it was the hemp, you know, the stuff working. So I started learning about uh, the endocannabinoid system and how. Um, CBD supplements that that endogenous system when we we get deficient in internal cannabinoids and right. our body can't keep up if we got a lot of information it can't keep up with that that internal stuff so you need to supplement it and uh, the the CBD and the hemp was doing it for me and so I started really um, saying we we need to get the word out you know this is a lot safer product than um, opiates especially right. now with the the opiate crisis in just nearly every state you know. So um, that's the reason I got active, and and when when you go to the Capitol, there's not there's not a uh, you know you don't have to fight for a seat at the table on these committee hearings. You know there was some some committee hearings I went, and there, there was just uh, three or four patient advocates. You know they'll have like like your your national organization advocates there, uh, MPP and and you know uh, Marijuana Policy Project, 
and and some one other uh, Louisiana Progress in Louisiana was another um, kind of like nonprofit type advocate. But the the rest of the time it was just three or four of us for the whole session, three, four, five maybe at, at one meeting or something. Uh, civilian patients that they were over there at the Capitol, and and um, I know some of the meetings they. You can email your statement ahead of time before the committee hearing, and it goes to all the committee members so they, they can maybe you can maybe influence their vote. But uh, <clears throat> one, one of the meetings I went to, there was only two emails that came from the public, and I was one of the ones I sent one, you know, because I, um, I made sure that the Capitol was, they wasn't sending a return receipt when you'd email for a committee, a testimony or something. It was just like, you don't know if they got it or nothing. So I called the Capitol one day, and I asked uh, who's in charge of that, and I spoke to the person, and, and I said, you know, I said, uh, it couldn't be that big of a deal for y'all to fix up a little program when y'all get an email from somebody that just shoots back one automatic and let them know. Well, oh, that's a good idea, he said. So he, they, they actually implemented that this session. So uh, that's how I knew it was only me and one other person that sent an email because yeah. I was like, well, I got my return receipt. I don't know who the other person was, but. Right. No, absolutely, brother. And that's what that's one of the biggest things, right? So I mean when you started learning that damn C B D works, dude. Like you said, your B C powder started ended up in the wash, right? You were replenishing your endocannabinoid system, right? And a lot of people a lot of people wonder, right? I mean, because honestly, I mean honestly, there's a lot of C B D out there, right? There's a lot of different types of C B D. There's a lot of different types of hemp. There's a lot of there's so many different mic uh, you know, milligrams, right? You can go anywhere from five milligrams to like 15,000 milligrams and you're just like how much how do I know how to replenish it you know one of the things I try to educate people on is like if you take too much CBD it won't work if you take too little CBD it won't work right and it's just like any other the doctors right what do they tell you when they, when a doctor put prescribes you to a new medication what does he tell you try it for a couple of weeks come back let me know if it's working for you right is it working or is it not working you know and that's what I love about my sponsor Raw from 180 they, they, that's how they are they say that when they sit down with they'll, they'll sit down with the patient. What are you dealing with, and what are you wanting to achieve from using CBD? And they'll tell you know they'll break it down. Okay, this is what I recommend to start. Let's start here and see how it works, right? Try it for a couple of weeks. We want to see how it works, right? Like a CB, like if you get on CBG, CBG people don't understand. CBG is a stimulant, dude. If you get a little agitated and get a little angry and a little frustrated. Let's get you off the CBG and give you a higher dose of CBD then, right? Because CBG is a stimulant, right? It will, it will do that to you. But sometimes people take a CBG and say, this is working perfectly. Well, then let's keep you on the CBG then. Let's keep you right there where you're at then and just try it, right? And what sucks is that people will take it. They'll take it for months and then they'll stop taking it because they're like, oh, I ain't hurting no more. They stop taking it. And then after a couple of weeks, you know, Tony, after a couple of weeks, they say, you're like, why am I hurting so bad again? Why does this suck? Why is my body hurting again? I haven't been taking my CBD like I was supposed to be taking, right? We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180 for being a sponsor. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. Now, a lot of people, I think it's one of those things that people have to learn, right? We have to, we have to teach these people. Like, we have to teach, we have to teach our, 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 our people, like, 
you have to use this on a regular basis. This isn't like it's not it's not the end all be all. Cannabis is not the end all be all. Cannabis doesn't cure everything, but it helps a lot of things that we suffer from. Right. You know, and, and you, Tony, I mean, so you said what, what pretty much in like 2015 is when your whole journey started with cannabis. The um, the, the the law uh, started in 2015. But I wasn't involved in any kind of advocacy. Somebody invited me to the Capitol for um, a cannabis lobby day because they they we connected on Facebook or something. Well, you need to come out to the Capitol cannabis lobby day. So I did, and my first time really at a lobby day at the Capitol in, in um, <laughs> 17, and and I caught the bug, and and uh, I said, well, let me get some more training. So I always try to to go to conferences, and um, like I just got back from Patients Out of Time con- conference in um, Missouri, and. Um, like when I was out in Arizona, I, I went to the psychedelic conference. And I didn't know anything about, um, you know, psychedelic plants. And, and, and so I, I had an opportunity to go to one in Phoenix. And um, so, yeah, it's important as an advocate to, to uh, do some research and, and get some, some cred behind you. And once you do that, the, the legislators, they really want to hear from you. They, they want to hear from veterans for you know, I've never met a legislator say, oh, you're a veteran, get out of here. No, it's just the opposite. If they know I'm a veteran, they make sure to, yeah, you know, right. hey, man, you got but law enforcement, ex-law enforcement, they're very highly respected by legislators, firefighters. And, um, and it's great when we can all come together, like, um, to advocate for cannabis because retired law enforcement and retired firefighters, they, they sometimes experience the same injuries and stuff as veterans. Right. So... When we can all three join forces at the Capitol and um, work for, you know, either like we work for employment protection uh, in Louisiana this session. We got, if you're a state employee of Louisiana and you're not a firefighter, not a, a law enforcement and not a school bus driver or, um, or with the gaming, horsing gaming or something, you can uh, be a registered cannabis patient and, and still do your state job. It was the first maybe i don't know it might be the first state in the union that has a, a protection for state employees so the firefighters and, and policemen got left out this session on on the protections but next session we're going to come back around hopefully there'll be a test like a swab that you can check to see if the the consumption cannabis was consumed you know within a certain period before you go on duty or something but hopefully we'll have something next session be on the lookout because we we uh the legislator that put in the bill Protecting state employees this session has already mentioned that they're going to come back next session and, and get all employees of the state, you know, protected. Yeah, no, so, so, I mean, well, what you're doing there in Louisiana, man, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I guarantee you that a lot of the people are like, wow, man, this is freaking something's being done. Right. Like, I mean, it's not this isn't something that like if you weren't there, Tony, how how much of what you have been doing how much of that do you think would have ever happened if you weren't there fighting for it it you know it's hard to say uh, um maybe the universe would have sent someone else you know in, in in my place but um you know you just just somebody just sending an email may may have had you know even more impact you know on some bills that i testified but uh, I think showing up in, at the Capitol, the, I, I got told personally by legislators that uh, thank you. Either during committee, they, they voiced over to me, thank you for coming. You know, uh, I mean, they really want to hear from us. And, and um, 
Yeah, if you're, if you're not there given, you know, just like the, the employment protection thing, I testified on that bill originally at the Capitol, and, and I just said, well, look, veterans, you know, we go, to, we go to war, we come back, we just want to raise our family and go to work. And, and I said, some of us have severe injuries from our service, and, and I said, we, we don't want to take all the opiates and that, we want to take cannabis, and, and I said, that's harm reduction, that's, that's actually safer than, than taking opiates. And um, I think it, it might have helped that bill get through, you know, that, that, that uh, testimony. They, maybe they came, they looked at it in a different perspective, you know, saying, yeah, well, there's a lot of veterans that go for state jobs when they get out of military because your uh, retirement time counts. Right, um, right, right. You know, your time in service, military counts for your retirement time in the state. So a lot of it was it was important to me that I know a lot of veterans work for the state of Louisiana. And it was important to make sure that they heard it from a veteran's perspective, you know, and that, you know, the opiates. Uh, if you can take uh, opiates or, or um, like Adderall or, or maybe Xanax or anything like that prescribed, if you can take that and work, you can certainly get, get through the no, day. With absolutely, taking brother. Like I said, I work for the federal government. I feel the same way. That's why I tell them. I said, dude, it's okay for my forklift operators to get out there and freaking pop a couple of Laura tabs or some Prozac before they get on the forklift. But God forbid they smoke a freaking blunt before they get on a freaking forklift. You know what I'm saying? I said they like they pop two Laura tabs before they get on the forklift. They pop two Laura tabs while they're on the forklift. They pop two more Laura tabs at lunch. They pop two more Laura tabs during the end of towards the end of the day. And they get off work and they pop three or four and have a couple of beers or some shots of liquor or something with them, right? And that's okay, right? That's that's okay for you guys to be able to for them to be able to consume all that, right? But God forbid these guys go out and they smoke, they consume some cannabis, right? They go and consume a blunt or some dabs or whatever, you know. And they're frowned upon, right? They're frowned upon because they're using an illegal, something that's classified as a federally illegal substance, right? And it's, stu it's stupid, right? And uh, honestly, I think the biggest thing, like, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think the biggest thing that they're fighting for legalization is because they're trying to figure out how can I make money off of this, right? Like anything else, right? Anything else, any politician always thinks about how can I get rich off of this, you know? And I think that's one of the biggest struggles that we have is that these people are like, why, Sergeant G, are you so adamant of fighting for federal legalization? Like you said, in the state of Louisiana, your military time counts towards your retirement at the state level, right? And you fought to ensure that these employees are able to consume a plant-based product so they don't become addicted to the opioids that are the opioid the opioid uh what is it the opioid pandemic that we have in our country right now right it, it it's not just veterans who are dying from this the, the this pandemic that we're having with opioids right everybody everybody struggles i mean look at everybody out on the streets dude they they struggle right they started like you had a surgery and got addicted to painkillers right and then once you run out of your painkillers the doctor ain't gonna prescribe you no more so what do you do you go on the street and you go to find some something else stronger to get rid of the pain right and a lot of people don't understand this and you know what i'm saying and when you start using a plant-based medicine such as cannabis right you're able to use it so since 2017 you have been you've been adamant when you've been using cannabis right tony yeah right 
Yeah, I actually moved to Arizona because at 18, when we uh, got chronic pain PTSD added before that, you had to have, like, be missing an arm and a leg to get cannabis. I mean, bad ailments, can cancer, and all kind of severe, severe ailments that not a lot of people maybe have in society. So it was a very limited amount of ailments. And then um, when we added chronic pain PTSD, they started issuing dispensary licenses. Before that, they, they, the dispensaries weren't even really opening up because there wasn't going to be a lot, a lot of business. But 18, uh, they opened the dispensaries. In the fall of that year, they got product. And then in 19, we got flour. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I left that. My, my, um, my wife and I moved to Arizona, and, and uh, I was able to get a medical cannabis recommendation in Arizona. And um, you know, but 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 in that time period, my father died in Louisiana, and I I had to travel back to Louisiana. And, and um, as a medical cannabis patient, like you said, if I had heart medicine, and I I'd come to Louisiana, I'd be able to get my heart medicine. But they they um they didn't have reciprocity back then, and uh, so we just started that in August first this year. So uh, I'm glad to have been been here working fighting for that because that's the testimony I gave I said look you know what I, my father died I said I had to come home and and I was a criminal you know not in Louisiana my home state as a veteran I was a criminal because I had my cannabis with me and um, so thank goodness hopefully my some of my testimony helped push that bill through this year but I'm sure glad it, it went through oh absolutely brother and that's, I mean it's, it's, it's fantastic to be able to go out there and you know, you, you, you're allowing you're allowing your government to hear your concerns and your voice, right? To be like, hey, look, let me tell you, dude. Like, let me tell you why this is important, right? You're not gonna tell somebody who's a cancer patient that they can't bring they can't bring their medicine with them. You're not gonna tell a diabetic he can't bring his insulin with him when he crosses state lines, right? And you, Tony, you've been there in Louisiana. You said anybody that comes to our state should be able to have their own medicine, right? And if they are a card holder, their card should be recognizable in our state. Like they got the recommendation from a doctor, a certified doctor, an MD or whatever, certified him, said that he could use cannabis in his state. That's like saying a doctor in California doesn't have the same credentials as a doctor in Louisiana, right? You're going right. to tell him that he's not a doctor no more because he, do he doesn't practice in your state? No, you're not going to tell him that. Right. You're not going to tell him that. So when it comes to recommendations, they should be recognized as though. Right. As such. Like you said, you should be recognized as such. If these guys are coming, if we have patients coming to our state, they shouldn't get in trouble for having their medicine with them. Right. And I know being with the Veteran Action Council, being a part of that team, I know that's a massive team. That's a that's a strong willed team, dude. You're part of that Veteran Action Council. That's one of the things you guys fight for. Right. Is fighting for ensuring medical freedom for everybody right yeah access for all that's our motto in the in the vac i, I was very proud to be amongst them we i emailed the um the department of health uh, i guess a couple weeks ago and 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 um asked them for a meeting because the louisiana department of health is, determines what schedule cannabis is they have it listed they they control louisiana's controlled substance act and um uh, they tell them what substance to put on or take off and so i emailed them and i said well look now that y'all in control of louisiana's medical cannabis program y'all y'all still listing 
cannabis as a schedule one with no medical use, high addictive abuse potential and, you know, um, all this stuff. And I said, we got, I gave him some examples the the, the, the UN took cannabis off of the list of most dangerous substances in, in December 2020. And we have 37 states with a medical cannabis program, including Louisiana. And then now they're running the medical cannabis program. Maybe we should take cannabis off of Schedule 1, which uh, we all know the U.S. should be doing that because we base our Controlled Substance Act off of that treaty, the 1961 Treaty on Narcotics Drugs, which um, the VAC, Michael Kravitz, uh, has been very instrumental in working on an international level with some uh, international cannabis advocates. So he kind of took us under his wing, and, and for the last couple of years, we've been sitting in meetings over there at the UN and um, in Vienna. And when I was in Arizona, I'd get set, I'd go to bed and I'd get up at 11, because that was 9 a.m. in, uh, in Vienna, Austria, where the, where the UN was meeting, this Committee for Narcotics Drugs, who, who do, does the same thing the Louisiana Department of Health does. They, they control what substances get added to that list, but uh, eventually they, they did get it descheduled, and I think it's, it's, um, it's disingenuous of the U.S. government to have um, Epidolex and Sativex, which is cannabis-derived medicine. They have that approved by the FDA, but they're still locking people up, and there's still veterans in jail right now. They're still... We fighting for veterans in these VA war veterans homes or uh, hospitals to have access to cannabis in there, you know, because that's where they're going to really need it when you're on the end of life, you know, you got some terminal illness. There's no reason why you should be denied your cannabis medicine inside of a, um, you know, a VA hospital or a war veterans home. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest things, right? So I was listening in on that on that first hearing they had in regards to the CAOA. And that's one of the things that they were saying. They're like, well, there's the FDA hasn't said that there's any medicinal benefits to this. And I'm like, the FDA, a government ran organization. Seriously, I was like, look at the studies that have been done around the world. You know, Tony, like there's been studies done around the world. Israel is one of the biggest freaking people who've done the most studies in regards to cannabis showing the medicinal benefits. And I'm like, because the FDA a government entity says that there is no medicinal benefits because there hasn't been enough research on it. How do you advocate for the other research that has already been done around the world? Like, how do you advocate for that? Like, because they're not government, they're not FDA regulated. So the FDA is a joke. It's a government entity. It's a joke like any other government entity we have in our country. It's a pay to play uh, system set up. If you got millions of dollars to get a pharmaceutical out there, it don't matter if they pull it off the shelf a, a year or two later because it's killing people. But you can get it approved by the FDA if you got the money to get up there and, and advocate. <laughs> right, right. No, absolutely, brother. That's one of the biggest struggles. I know uh, Brian Buckley. You know Brian Buckley. He's got he's got his research project going on right now. I got to reach out to him and see exactly how that's going. But I'm like, he's putting money into it, dude. It's a pay to play, like you said. It's a pay to play type game, you know. And that's one of the biggest struggles I think we're having, right, in, in, in our veteran community is that why is cannabis, like, what the medicinal benefits, right? A lot of, like they said, the FDA hasn't approved any of the medicinal benefits, but you know and I know the medicinal benefits that cannabis has, right? In regards to a lot of our brothers and sisters who suffer bad PTSD, like, 
if you smoked you a nice blend regardless if it's a hybrid or a freaking indica dominant type plant understanding the terpene profile that it carries it'll take that ptsd away for a moment like for you to be able to breathe and be able to work and do your stuff and get your job done and be able to interact with your family you know and that's one of the biggest things that i think is that a lot of people they don't educate right they don't they don't it's easier to listen to somebody tell you right than to actually do the research for yourself you know and that's what i've been trying to do is provide enough research so when i do my episodes on wednesdays i help educate our community to get an understanding hey look at these terpenes this is whenever you go to a dispensary that's what you need to see what kind of terpenes does this flower have I don't care about the THC content. I really don't care. I wish it had zero THC content, you know? Me, I like to be high. I like the head shift. I like being stoned, you know what I'm saying? But I got I got to know what kind of terpene profile it has while I'm stoned so I know what it's going to help with. Is it going to help with my muscle spasms? Is it going to help with my anxiety, my depression, right? Like, is it going to help with these? Or is it just something that I'm just smoking just to get stoned, you know? I mean, there. There's nothing wrong with it. You want to go and freaking, if you have a weekend and you're like, I ain't got to do nothing this weekend, go and smoke and freaking Netflix and chill, dude. Just hang out and relax, right? Like, get recharged and reset your mind, you know? But a lot of people frown upon it, and you're like, why? I said, but it's okay for me to go get smashed drunk and vomit everywhere. That's okay, but God forbid I smoke me a freaking, I dab out for freaking six hours, and it take me some RSO, and I'm out, you know? I'm out freaking watching movies all freaking day. God forbid that, but it's okay for me to go get smashed drunk and vomit on everything and cuss at everybody, you know? And so that's one of the biggest thing. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know, Tony. I don't know. But, this, I mean, this is one of the biggest things. This is why I do the podcast, though. So I can, it's heard in multiple countries around the world, which I love. You know, I love the audience that's listening in to figure out well, cannabis, you know? Like, people in other countries are like, it's illegal in the U.S.? Yes, it's still illegal in the U.S., you know? But there are some countries it's it's still illegal in. I mean, Russia, it's still illegal in Russia, you know. But this is one of the things that we have to be able to stand up and allow our voices to be heard. Right. I mean, that's what you're doing on a daily basis, Tony. I see you. I've seen your freaking meetings with freaking Congress there in Louisiana. What is one thing you could advise people as to getting it, getting into contact with their representatives, like what what would be like like the first step? Like how could they get in contact with their with their congressman? The uh, the, the easiest way is just to start local. You know, go go. You know, reach out to your um, you know local city council and just make them aware. Share an email with them or some research on how maybe cannabis is helping veterans or or lowering the opiate use. Especially if you see some uh, rise, a newspaper article come out, there's, you know, a spike in opiate overdoses in the area. When then use that and say, hey, we think this can help or I think this can help, you know. And um, it, when you get an opportunity that like the legislative website has uh, a citizen area where you can get emailed on committee hearings. Or if you get a council, uh, try and get a, a meeting with your local council or and, and when you do go, just just be real respectful to the office, you know, because uh, we all get mad, you know, at politicians and we want to, when we get, finally get, say, I'm going to do something about it, then you're really kind of mad. You want to get out there and change the world. But, you know, it's really just uh, respect for the offices, you know, the, the legislative office holders or city council or, 
whatever it is, just show them respect for their office. Anyway, you don't care for the, their way they vote. And, um, you know, I, I always try and dress, you know, I, I look at it going when I go to Capitol, it's like a, a million dollar business deal. It's not just, you know, um, I've seen people go to the Capitol dressing tie-dye or a big marijuana leaf or cannabis right, leaf right, on their right, 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 right. shirt, you know. And, and that, to me, is kind of throwing, throw, slapping in the face to the politicians because some of them are, are still coming around, you know, on, on right, the issue right, of cannabis. Right, right. They've been, they got that cognitive dissonance going on. They think it's just a terrible thing still. So if you go there dressed like a, you know, big pot leaf or something, then, then you might not get their ear as much as if you just dress, you know, with a collared shirt or something and, right, and uh, right. go there and, and with, show them respect. And just tell them your story. Everybody has a story. So, right. you know, no, absolutely. That, that tell them your professionalism, story. Right? We're, we're military. We all know about the professionalism, right? We all know how to dress to impress. And that's yeah. one of the, it's like you said, it's one of those things. You don't want to go, when you're going to go talk to a politician, you don't want to be wearing a freaking stone vet shirt when you go talk <laughs> to them, right? You don't want to go just go up there and talk to them with a stone vet shirt. You want to dress to impress, right? You want to wear a college shirt. You want to wear some slacks. You want to be pro you want to look professional, right? Like, you know what you're talking about. If you walk in knowing what you're talking about, they're going to be adamant to listen to your story. Like, why are you so adamant about how this plant has helped you and how it's helping you, right? Like, that's one of the biggest things. And that's one of the things I try to tell people, right? I said, like, you have got to go and, you know, reach out to your representative, right? Each county, each county in each state has a senator, right? You have a senator for your county email them say hey i like i would like an opportunity to be able to sit down and speak with you when would be a good time to sit down and speak with you i want to talk to you in regards to the caoa what is taking so long why what what are the next steps in fighting for legalization right you know what do we need to be doing or what where where do we need to be going because that's one of my biggest things that's one thing i'm adamant about i say like, i would want to sit down when they go when the senators go to vote for legalization i would like to have a room full of veterans sitting there watching them vote to ensure that they have an understanding of why this is so important to take this off the schedule one drug, right? Let's get this off. I'd like to have them so they could look all of us in the face and say, well, I voted against it because of this, because of wording. You're voting against it because of the way the wording was in this thing. So how do you make the wording better? How would it be better for you to vote yes? You know, what would, what, what would the wording need to be? So a lot of times, I mean, just like the PACT Act that just got passed now, right? They, they, they canceled it because of the wording they fixed the wording and then they passed it and i'm just like politics is freaking ridiculous dude and we know it tony po politics is dirty politics is just dirty you know that's what it comes down to the wording how is the who you are and why you're fighting for cannabis legalization man because here we're fighting for it in oklahoma med medicinal cannabis is legal but I'm fighting for the federal level legalization. That's one of the biggest struggles. That, that's the biggest fight we're having right now in our country. And that's what us as veterans, we get together. When there's more of us together, our voices can be heard more, you know. Tony, I appreciate you hanging out with me on this freaking Friday, coming out, spreading some news, spreading some great news, and just hanging out and enjoying this time together, guys. You guys you guys know why I do this, right? It's like hanging out in the smoke pit for the day and not talking about the week and how the week's been and stuff like that. We're just enjoying some time, some camaraderie, right? 
one of the biggest struggles we have as veterans is loneliness, right? We always feel like we're alone, that there's nobody around us. I do this show so you're able to put it on in the background and just listen to our voices, listen to us talk for a little bit, right? If you're, if you're a cannabis enthusiast, reach out to us. Reach out to Tony. Tony, you see, you see Tony. Tony's out there. He's on my Facebook page. Come over to my Facebook page and interact with some of the, some of the amazing cannabis enthusiasts that I, I interact with because we all have the same mission in mind as fighting for legalization of cannabis, medical freedom for all, right? That's one of the biggest things is ensuring that we all have medical freedom to use the medicine that we choose to use. Tony, thanks for hanging out with me today, able to do this and able to provide this wonderful content for our family so that they have a better understanding, right? What you're doing, you know, like you have your mission. You have your mission there in Louisiana and everybody should have a mission like that in their state where they're at standing up and allowing their voices to be heard man i appreciate you guys hanging out with me on the, hanging out with us on this friday enjoying this time together i'm glad to be back like i said veteran podcast awards is upon us man i'm gonna have all the description on how you can vote for my show in the description box down below man go and vote if you're on youtube if you watch on youtube don't forget to hit that like subscribe and share button Share this content with your people. Share it on Facebook. Share it on TikTok. Share it however you share it on Instagram, whatever the case may be. And if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, however you listen to this podcast, leave me a five-star review. The more reviews you guys start leaving me, the more this stuff starts showing up on the new on the feed for people to start listening in and listening to this amazing content, right? That's the only way we're gonna get bigger than Joe Rogan. Let's get some more awards up here, right? I'm gonna have to get a shelf, man. We can start winning more awards. I might start getting a shelf up in the back so people can see all the awards that we're winning, right? Because this is not my podcast. This is your podcast, man. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on this Friday, man. Remember, guys, hit the stone vet. We got you six. I got your back, but what else would you expect? Coming from the stone deck.